Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, hope you're having a joyous holiday, getting to spend it with friends and family. Hopefully lots of good food is being eaten. And hopefully you got some comics under the tree, maybe even some bad idea books. So Rocky and I are here to celebrate the final day of 12 Days of the Comic Source Presents Bad Idea by talking about my favorite bad idea book of all, The Finder. We'll find out if it's high on Rocky's list as well. Uh, but I think it's a fantastic book. It's written by Christos Gage. Art is by Thomas Giarello. Uh, colors by Diego Rodriguez. Letters by Dave Sharp. So, uh, Rocky, uh, I, up to you if you want to tell us where this ranks or if you want to save it for the end. Uh, but at least give us your, your your thoughts on Finder and let us know what it's about. Uh, well, uh, yeah, it is. It, it's definitely, it, it's, it's at least tied for probably my, my, my top, my top two or three of what, uh, all, uh, all the bad idea comics that I've read during these 12 days. And it's, it's very good. Christos Gage, uh, you mentioned before that you think he's an under underrated writer. And I would have to agree with you on that because this is, this is really well done. And the art by uh, Giarello here in this series is just really fantastic. This is the same artist that's going to be doing the save now, which, which is a uh, bad idea is doing that kickstart Kickstarter for that save now series. That'll be coming out pro- uh, next year. Uh, this is, this is a lot of fun. I, uh, and again, I love how again so much so much substance, such a great story, all in one comic book. And as far as you know, what is it about? Well, it's called Finder, and Finder the the title refers to the the lead character. This who's well, she's she's called the Finder, and she exists in a world where there are people that are have super that have superpowers, and and her particular power is that when she can she can she basically finds missing children, and she. But she doesn't just find missing children. She can find anybody who's missing. She can just she needs to touch something that they have. And it just so happens that this particular uh, sort of secret government or secret agent by the name of Louis Hawthorne, uh, who's got a power set of his own. He's got sort of some sort of energy based powers, light powers. He basically has been kidnapped by this uh, villainous organization called the, the Adept. The, the Adept is the name of the, the villain. And she basically finds him and uh, there's a lot of uh, the dialogue here is great, and what, what what I particularly like about it is uh, is that when a story can be told and you get to know the characters just through their dialogue, and you don't necessarily need flashbacks or what have you. It's just great dialogue between these characters that literally just meet each other. This finder, this uh, sort of attractive but yet facially scarred woman comes to the rescue of this guy who probably thinks he's going to be killed, but he ends up being rescued by her. And as they're escaping from this, from this mountain uh, that she, that she finds them at, uh, they, they ultimately in, in the process of, you know, battling through this castle to get to, 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 get to a point where they could escape it they come across they come across what appears to be a scheme to essentially of this organization to uh lure other metahumans and i'm calling them metahumans they're not they're not called that in the stories but there's other superheroes or other people can be recruited to be uh to work for this organization and and they're supposedly sort of like robbed of their choice and it's a question of you know once you become once you work 
for certain government organizations that and you utilize your powers how much freedom do you actually have how much what have you this this louis harthorn that she rescues he's actually one of the more famous ones but she's on she's she's someone who has powers who sort of she sits by the sidelines she's she's not as well known but she's uh, she's got a power set. She she has this ability to find people that is ex, you know comes in extremely happy, uh, extremely <laughs> extremely handy when people uh, need need to do it. That the strongest points in this series is in addition to a, a plot that is, you know, it's it's easy to follow. She's just rescuing this guy, but it ends up that the, this villain has got his hands. This villain has uh, a nefarious. Uh, plot of his own and and just the uh, as as you get to know the backgrounds of these characters you get to sympathize with them and you get to see what what led uh, uh, Louis Harthorn to be in the situation he's in you get more sympathetic with the finder what she's gone through who she often finds uh, unfortunately the she, she finds missing children unfortunately she often finds them when they're already dead uh, and how that how that is shapes them psychologically, and how that psychology plays into the roles and their adventure that that plays out in this single story. You know, this isn't a six issue or a twelve issue story arc. This is bang for your buck. That's what I like about it, and that's what that's what all these bad idea comics have had in common that we've reviewed. And just and the villain here is particularly intriguing, and he's got a particular power set. And I like the way that uh, writer Christos Gage choreographs the fight scenes. I think it's it's very clever with what he does. And I like some of the misdirection. I like uh, there's even a there's even we learned we learned a secret about Finder's abilities that wasn't really revealed at the end that she was cer keeping certain things under wrap. The adept has has telepathy powers and can read minds, but there's a way that you can hide your thoughts from him. <laughs> and the finder teaches uh, Mr. Harthorn, Louis, a way to do that. And it just just getting to the end and the the psychological games that all the characters are playing with each other as they're trying to get one up on each other and basically win the day. It just it works so well. It flows so well. The art is absolutely fantastic. Giarello is. It's just, it's amazing. It actually, um, what uh, what the adept, the villain, the adept. What I love about him is that he actually looks like a more cooler version of of uh, uh, what is it? Hank Hammond, uh, the, the Green Lantern villain with the uh, big yeah. head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I forget Hector his Hammond. name, Hank Hammond, or whatever the hell his name Hector. is. I, Hector Hammond. Yeah, Hector Hammond. Yeah, but he looks far more cool, far more devastating, far more cruel, far more miserable, and and powerful, and more intimidating. And and he and he just and he hovers above, and he you know he's he's got this he's got this master plan, and and there's even a there's a tinge of there's a, there's moments where the where the you think that the superheroes here are part of me that 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 the protagonists you think that they might turn to actually side with the villain because he actually does have a plausible argument to come side with me and because the because all all of you who have powers you could potentially die you're likely going to die if you use your powers and that's one of the secrets is that it reminded me a little bit of a combination of uh strike force maritari and a james bond film right uh strike force um 
pardon me, Strike Force Moratori. It was an old uh, Marvel series where when you got powers, all the people that were recruited, uh, you got the powers, but only for a certain period of time. And you, you would die and you would either die in five minutes or you'd die in five years, but you eventually die. But it was a sacrifice you made when you got powers. And, and that's one of the revelations here is that it's, you're sort of, Put, it's it's hinted that you're living on borrowed time if you've got these abilities. And that sort of like raises the stakes again. And this is something that Adept, the villain, wants to, he wants to change that. He wants to say, you know, we should be able to live longer. We're superior. And so, you know, you get all of this a little, you know, you get even themes of Magneto in there. And I like that. And I just, I like the cleverness of the choreography and, and how it sort of builds to the end and how it all wraps up. And with... Uh, with a lot of you know, with a lot at stake, and just this, these are cool characters. And one thing I, I want to give credit to the artist: I love the design of the Finder. I love this scar in her face, and I I reread it again, but I I don't think it's revealed. And if it was, I missed it. How she got the scar on her face, but I actually like that scar on her face because it gives her character. But it's I'm 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 assuming it's she got that scar probably from one of her many adventures where she went and found a, a missing child or something, and from one of the because you know she has kills she has killed serial killers in the past, and and she you can tell she's a woman of experience, and she she brings that to the table here, and and and. I finished reading this and I'm thinking, to my, I'm thinking to myself, I want more adventures with these two. I want these two to go on more adventures together because I think they make a great team. This is what I wish Wildstorm, uh, wild I wish, I wish uh, that this was, this has a Wildstorm feel to it. I would love for Crystal's Gage and Guerrero to take their crack at DC's Wildstorm. Uh, but you know what? I'd rather... That's the second thing. The first thing, I want them to continue with this series. I mean, screw DC. I mean, this we're talking bad idea here. And this is a great idea. They don't need to go and uh, take these great ideas and give it to another publishing company. I enjoyed this. Uh, this is, um, as I'm talking about it, I really enjoyed Monster Kill Squad. But this is, uh, there's another one I enjoyed too, but it's not coming to me at the top of my head because uh, a lot. First, a lot. Yeah, a the lot. lot. I really enjoyed the lot. That's right. Um, this is probably tied for maybe first with, uh, I'll go with Kill Monster Squad. Uh, I would go with this is tied with Kill Monster Squad. This, this, is, this was really good. So I enjoyed it, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving this. That we're, we're, we're closing up these 12 days with a bang. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I mentioned it on yesterday's episode. We, we couldn't do them all. I just, there was, I, like, I, I thought, well, if we do multiple episodes a day, there was one day we did two because we did the Hank Howard and it's kind of a, a, a smaller one shot. Uh, but yeah, it just, it just didn't make sense. You know, pl plus, you know, Rock and Air, both busy holiday season and what have you. Uh, it just didn't make sense to try to squeeze everything in. But yeah, we had to finish with Burning Man yesterday and then this one uh, as my favorite because uh, a lot of times, and, and this, I wasn't the only one that, that had this feeling, but uh, when the book came out, there was uh, this hammer horror films sort of um, reaction to it, right? Like a lot of people were like, oh, it's kind of like a Hammer horror film. Uh, and for those not familiar, so Hammer was kind of this B movie studio back in the, I think it was the 60s. They put out some horror films uh, kind of on the cheap, but they, they did innovative things with storytelling and lighting and technique and whatever. And they, they, they kind of were a lot better than the kind of the big budget movies of the time. Uh, and this has a, a lot of that, right? Because, you know, the finder goes to, to get... Um, do we ever find out what the uh, Lewis's uh, Hawthorne's uh, name hero name is? I, I 
think it's mentioned, but I don't remember what it is. But anyway, she goes there to find him and it's 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 in this castle, right? Like it's at the top of a mountain. She scales this, you know, the side of a cliff to get up to this this castle built by some 1950s movie magnet, uh, you know, head of a studio, movie studio. And again, like right from the start, right? We get this medieval looking castle, you know, on the top of a, a, a rocky spire. And so right away, you know, what are you thinking? Frankenstein or Dracula or whatever. It, it has that feel. And the other thing about it is um, the, uh, the the villain, right? Uh, what, what's his name? The, the adept. Yeah, the, I want to say the attendant. I'm like, that's not right. The adept, right? So they know he can read minds. They know he has like this, these mental powers. And you're right. He does have a point. But even like the way he talks to them as they're trying to escape, he realizes they're there, but he can't locate them because the finder has explained to Lewis, here's what you like. Think of your pet from when you were a kid so that he won't be able to track you, you, you know, by, by if you're thinking about your surroundings, he'll be able to pinpoint where we are. She's thinking about all the, the, the dead kids that she's looked for over the years. So they're, they're, they're basically creating mental interference so he can't find them. But he is able to mentally project and, and converse with them. And just the way that he speaks, like the dialogue, the, the scripting that Christos Gage does, he's a little slick talking, you know? Like, yeah, he's telling them, hey, guess what? You've been lied to. Because that's the other aspect of the finder. Yes, she goes and finds the missing kids kind of on her own. She goes looking for heroes as part of uh, this support team for what they call the frontline heroes, of which Lewis is one. Um, and what they don't realize, what most people don't realize, is that there and, – and the finder herself talks about this at the end um, – is that there's this support team, this ground staff that goes and lays the groundwork and tries to make those frontline heroes look really good. So they're an inspiration for people. And, and the, the finder, Stephanie, she says, yeah, that's that's needed even. So something else that can be uh, explored going forward. But that that's her regular job. And oftentimes they die uh, of suicide, PTSD, because they put up with a lot of crap. That may be where the, um, the scars come from. Um, that she has on her face that you mentioned, but it's not, this is not the first time she's had to go rescue a frontline uh, hero from the clutches of a villain. Right. So uh, the adept, you, you know, he found out the secret, his partner that he teamed up with back in the day, um, Firewoman. she, she died in his arms. Um, in fact, he killed her, like her powers exploded. She caught on fire. She was in agony. He shut her mind down so that she would die. And that was the, when he discovered the truth and kind of turned and whatever. And so, you know, he's telling him all this, but he's telling him in this kind of used car salesman way where you just know you can't trust him. But the other aspect is because he's this disembodied voice and we do see him in one panel, but we see him from behind where he's sitting in a chair and all you see, I think is like one arm. It's like right out of inspector gadget with, you know, Dr. Claw where all you ever see is one arm. you never see what he actually looks like. So again, that, that hammer horror, uh, feel because when he does show up at this airfield later, we've seen him back in the past in flashbacks. And he looked like a normal, heroic-looking, square-jawed, you know, male superhero. And then he shows up on this airfield to stop them, and we learn what his true motive is. He just wants the finder because he says your powers are greater than you realize. Um, you can find people's weaknesses, and that makes me think you can find what needs to be done in someone's DNA to prevent the the powers from killing them. Um, so he doesn't care at all about Lewis. He only kidnapped Lewis Hawthorne in order to have the finder come. She is the true goal. And when he shows up there, he is horrified. Like, he looks like, like you said, the Hector Hammond, like you know, the hair, the misshapen head, 
uh, gray and just horrific, you know? And so again, it's that, it's that reveal of the villain at the end and he looks creepy and the Giorello art and the, the colors are, are fantastic and moody. Um, you know, great job, uh, on the colors from, uh, from Diego Rodriguez. So yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. That, that's why it's my favorite because there's so much potential for this. And even at the end, after they found out that the, um, the organization that they're working with, the frontline heroes and the ground crew and what have you, they're being lied to, they're being manipulated. Um, you know, the, it could be to lean into the tropes, like you were talking about with Burning Man, where they go, oh, we're going to go and tear it down. We might not have wanted to team up with the Adept, but we're going to go and tear it down. And instead, t- Stephanie t- decides to take a different path. And there's a little hope and there's a little potential there. And I don't, I'm not going to spoil it because um, we've spoiled so much of it. Uh, but it sets it up going forward for so much more, right? And uh, I would love to. I would love to see uh, Thomas Giarello and, and Christos Gage come back to this because it's just fantastic. It, it is my favorite bad idea story, and it's amazing. Whenever Dinesh asks me, "Well, what we should should we do for this Kickstarter or that Kickstarter or whatever?" I'm always like, "The Finder, do more Finder stuff." <laughs> yeah. The Finder. He's like, "Stop saying the Finder," uh, because they when they did the digital. Um, Kickstarter, they chose the ends, David Lapham and his wife, Maria. Uh, and it's kind of a, a flashback story. It's very emotional and, and very, very good as well. Uh, and they chose to do that, which is great. You know, not, nothing against um, the ends. But when they, you know, when they asked me, Dinesh and Adam Freeman came out to crown me as Bad Idea Fan of the Year. And they asked me what, what they should do. I said, well, the finder. <laughs> but, you know, I, I get why they did it. I mean, the ends is a three issue series and, and what have you. And that, that does bring up something. I meant to mention it yesterday because on yesterday's episode, we talked about Burning Man. Rocky was talking about uh, in one issue, you know, that it's not decompressed like Marvel or DC would do it in one issue. We get such a complete story. That's another thing that we haven't mentioned or I haven't mentioned when talking about bad idea over these 12 days. <clears throat> these aren't 20 page books or even 30 page books. When they de- determine page count, the page count is as long as it needs to be to tell the story which is why some of the books may be a little more expensive at 6.99 or 7.99 but this is like 56 pages and there is a there is a backup uh, from Robert Venditti about a, a, a mom and pop burger diner that kind of goes under because they get a little too too popular that's like an 8 pager so you're you're talking about like a 48 page book here so you, the that's one of the things that bad idea you know stresses to their creators you get as much time and as much space to tell the story that you need to tell. Same thing with with uh, Burning Man. Yesterday, Burning Man was like, uh, I think, 32 pages, um, and then it had an eight-page backup. So, uh, you know, these aren't just your typical 20-page and you're done, and there are no ads either. Um, so, you know, it's cover to cover, high quality, great paper stock, thicker covers, and as much space as the writers need to tell the story that they, that they need to tell. So... I've had a blast uh, reading them. Obviously, I love them. Uh, I wouldn't have, you know, gone all out to try to be fan of the year if I didn't. Uh, and it's fantastic. It's been so much fun uh, sharing them with you. And glad that, glad that our, uh, you know, proof of our friendship. I was able to predict. Uh, I knew you'd like Monster Cool Squad. I didn't know it would rise all the way to the <laughs> level of being, you know, at the top, tied with Finder. But yeah. I'm, but I'm also glad that you, you're, you're a, uh, you're a Finder. Uh, proponent you know you and i will will be you know we, we got to get together with dinesh in person we'll tag team and finder him until he uh agrees to, to put more finder on the schedule yeah, this is uh i'm not used like i'm not a guy i'm not normally a digital guy i i 
I have I own a lot of comic books in my life, and I this is uh, this is rare for me to actually be hugely supportive of a publishing company that I don't own a physical copy of any of their comics. <laughs> I've yet to own a. a I, I meant to own anything from a bad idea, but I, I, I hope that will change in 2024. <laughs> yeah. That was another reason I was hoping to get Dinesh on it. Then it'd be like, all right, Dinesh ship, ship Rocky, you know, bunch of, bunch of stuff. Bunch of stuff. So yeah, I got to get you to come. <laughs> I got I no get problem you paying back. for it. Let's put it that way. Yeah. yeah. I got to get you to come down to a, a West coast convention. Uh, yeah. And then you can, you know, go home with a big care package. So anyway, uh, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I hope that if you're not bad idea fans that you'll give some of these books a try, uh, again, sometimes it's a challenge as Rocky's mentioned to find, find the books. Not everybody has a bad idea store in their, uh, area, but there's a link to the website in the show notes. There's, you can sign up for the newsletter. You can find a bad idea stores that do mail order. Many, many of them do, um, and, I'll, you know, the Kickstarters that uh, oftentimes offer other uh, previous Bad Idea published work uh, are available as well. Or you, you can always go the eBay route. So I definitely recommend checking out some of their books. I mean, they do this. They put out these books because, first of all, they're all friends, uh, you know, the creators, the editorial staff and what have you. And they just they enjoyed their time working at Valiant and making comic books together so much that even after they weren't at Valiant anymore, they wanted to continue making comics together because they love comics. They, you know, Dinesh is one of the biggest comic book fans I know. Uh, and he just wants there to be uh, really great high quality books out there. So, uh, and it's a great community. The, um, there's a Facebook community. Uh, the bad idea fan community is fantastic. The, the Tiki party every year at San Diego is, is the highlight of San Diego for me now. Uh, I just can't say enough good things about the books and yeah, is it perfect? No, but what is these days? Uh, it's so interesting, right? Cause like you were saying, um, we'd like the books to come out more often and more people to be talking about them and more widely distributed. But that, if you did that, then they would kind of lose some of what makes it so special. Uh, it would be harder to keep the you know quality up and get get the creators that they get. And and that's the other aspect that we didn't even talk about uh, is they pay the best page rates in the industry. Like they yeah. they they really take care of their creators, and that's why so many people want to go and work for them. So uh, anyway. Happy holidays, everybody. Again, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Any last words, Rocky, as we're uh, finishing up? Uh, yeah, well, uh, just to thank you again, Jace, for letting me join you on these uh, 12 Days of the Comic Source, uh, reviewing Bad Idea Comics. I really enjoyed it. I This was, this was I, I will admit, reviewing when I'm reviewing so many DC comics every week, sometimes it feels, sometimes it feels a little bit like work, but this didn't. This didn't. Uh, this I, I, I could quite easily squeeze, squeeze this in between my Christmas shopping and my visiting family. It was, it's been nice. It's been enjoyable, and uh, yeah, I can't believe the twelve days is up all, already. And uh, I just want to say uh, Merry Christmas to you, Jason, your family, and uh, thank you for a heck of a year. And uh, and we'll see what happens in the in the new year. And just uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everyone listening. Yeah, not to get too sappy, but man, you're 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 one of my closest friends. We've never even met in person. Uh, maybe <laughs> yeah. listeners don't know that. So yeah, yeah, I love you, man. Thank yeah. you so much for joining me. I wasn't sure because I know it was a big commitment. It, it is every year when we do this, and I, I was like, you know, I really want you to be able to experience these books because I know you'll enjoy them. And I, you know, again, holiday season, I wasn't sure you were going to be able to join the whole time. I'm so glad you did. It made it so much more fun. So yeah, uh, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, hope you and your wife and your daughter have a, a wonderful time with friends and family. And, uh, and that's going to do it for uh, 12 days. Now, I, again, I know we've had some requests to continue 
maybe we will, maybe we won't. Rocky and I'll have to talk about it, you know, maybe in the new year, maybe we'll revisit uh, and finish off those other books uh, because they're fantastic as well. But uh, a final farewell and thanks again, everybody. We really appreciate you joining us and we'll see you on the next DC Spotlight. Catch you later.